Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Tuesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Couples, men out there, you know what to do. If you don't know what to do, I've got no help for you. Anyway, we're here to study the Gospel of Matthew this morning. And we are in Matthew 4, 12 through 17. And what we're attempting to do here, of course, is to prepare ourselves for the message that upcoming Sunday by dissecting and exegeting uh, this passage together. And in hopes that this will hopefully provide you some, some tools, um, some equipping um, resources where you can grow in your confidence to study the Word of God and interpret it yourself. And um, we, we need teachers, of course. Um, teachers need teachers. And that's and the Bible prescribes those for the body of Christ. But we also want to be self-feeders. We want to be the Bereans in Acts who are searching the Scriptures diligently. And so that's what we're doing. So anyway, let me read the passage this morning and zero in for the next few minutes on what we're going to be talking about. Matthew 4.12. Now, when he heard... That's mean, meaning Jesus, that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, or Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, we have described this process of unpacking a passage as sort of a series of concentric circles where we are starting on the outside, wanting to get to the interior, the core, the central meaning of the text. And we began yesterday by sort of noting, and I gave you a few little homework assignments, um, and I'll come back to those, where we began to look sort of at the, the surrounding issues, the context. How does the passage fit with what comes with what goes for, what comes before it, what comes after it? And, it's, and as we said, it's obvious that this um, is sort of a, uh, an a headliner theme, a headline across the, the front page of the Jesus Apostolic News, which is saying that Jesus has been baptized, Jesus has gone through this temptation, now Jesus is ready to begin his public ministry. And the, the passages that come after that see him teaching, preaching, performing miracles. So, so this is sort of a, an introductory paragraph, it's a headliner that we want to understand. And so we, we designated three things that we wanted to be camping out on this week that we think are going to deserve um, special attention. And, and number one is just the context, where it talks about John being arrested in verse 12 and Jesus withdrawing into Galilee and leaving Nazareth and now living in Capernaum. Um, there's a lot that's contained in that. And one of the things I encouraged you to do was to go back and look at some um, harmony of the Gospels and to, to look at what how does this fit in with what the rest of the gospel writers say about the, the ministry of Jesus? How are we to situate this in terms of timing in his three-year ministry? That can help us, I think, zero in on some things. Then we said we definitely want to be camping out on, on this quotation from Isaiah 9, 
It seems to be part of the central meaning of this text about a light shining on the people who were once in darkness. And then the third thing we want to look at, of course, is this idea of the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? And what does it mean to repent in light of it? So, so again, going back to those homework assignments, um, it can be very helpful, again, to, to sort of access a harmony of the Gospels. And sometimes your study Bible might have them. Sometimes you can find them online. But let me just kind of give an overview, I think, of what you'll find. And some of this I mentioned yesterday, but I'm going to try to put a little finer point on it because it's really important as it relates to the context. So here in verse 12, it says, Now when he heard that John had been arrested, we don't know how much longer after the events of the baptism and temptation this happens. There's, there's some indication that, particularly from the Gospel of John, that this might have been some time. This might have been six months, a year, until John is arrested. And we, we see here that Matthew, by and large, does not cover the events, except for the baptism and the temptation of, of Jesus. He does not really cover that first year. John does that. Um, Matthew more focuses on the ministry of Jesus in Galilee. And, and there's, there's, there's some important reasons for that, okay? When it says that, that John had been arrested and Jesus withdrew into Galilee, um, this does not mean that Jesus was scared. This does not mean that he was afraid of being imprisoned. We know, obviously, that's not the case. Um, but it does seem to indicate that there was opposition to John's ministry in Judea. That's where the baptism occurred, right, near Jerusalem. And it, it, and we know from other parts of Matthew, we'll get to this in Matthew, that John had many things to say about Herod Antipas and his immoral marriage to his half-niece. That's a whole nother story. Uh, this gets John thrown into prison. Jesus here is not fearful of being thrown into prison. He goes to the cross, after all. It's just not his time. And we see this in the Gospel of John, where oftentimes Jesus will say, my hour has not yet come, my hour has not yet come. And it's not until he gets to Jerusalem, the, the Passion Week, that he finally says, my hour has come. His hour's not come. It's not time for him to go to the cross. He's got many, many, many important things um, to do first. And so this is one reason that Jesus is withdrawing into Galilee. Um, another reason is that this is the most fertile ministry ground um, in Palestine. So in the southern part of Palestine, this would be Jerusalem, the tribe of Judah, this is where Jerusalem was. This is where the established elite were. Um, we see, particularly from the Gospel of John, every time Jesus ventures into that territory, he receives stiff opposition from the religious leaders, right? And while Jesus goes there periodically for Passover and various celebrations, the bulk of his ministry, his public ministry, does not happen in Judea. That's why Matthew doesn't mention it. It happens in Galilee, which is in the northern part of Israel. And this northern part of Israel, and we'll get into this more tomorrow, was sort of a hodgepodge um, ethnically. There was a lot of Jews, but there was a lot of Gentiles. Um, it was a much more heterogeneous ex, um, area of, of Palestine. This had to do with the conquering 
of the northern northern kingdom by Assyria and Jews being exiled and pagans and Gentiles um, being um, imported in. But it was much more of a of a hodgepodge. Okay, it was it was much more populous and in terms of its common folk, ordinary folk. And it says here that Jesus, verse 13, he left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea. So Jesus was from Nazareth, and Nazareth was sort of in the hill country. It was sort of the backwoods. It was the rustic folk of Hill and Dale. And it was not very populous in that very small village. Um, we also know, even though Matthew doesn't record it, part of, part of what may have driven Jesus from Nazareth to Capernaum is his rejection at Nazareth. So remember, Luke captures for us the fact that Jesus comes to Nazareth. He reveals himself as the Messiah on the Lord's Day, on the sa on Sabbath, on the Sabbath, and the people are so enraged at his claims about himself, they try to throw him off the cliff. This is what leads G Jesus to say, a prophet has no honor in his own country. So that might be part of what's happening here. Matthew doesn't go into that detail. But certainly, Capernaum is, was a much more populous village. It was, it was full of life. It, this is where, of course, Peter um, and James were from and, and some of the other, uh, other disciples at the time. Um, this, is, this was a, a thriving fishing village. It was very metropolitan. It was a great hub for Jesus and his ministry became his home base. So this was Jesus's adopted home town. And this would have been given him, this is on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. There was a synagogue there. Um, there was, again, it was easy access to the Sea of Galilee. There were trade routes, roads. It, it gave him an opportune time to and, and situation in order to minister to the region at large. And this this year begins what is what the what scholars call the ministry of favor, the year of favor. Okay, so there was sort of three years of Jesus's ministry. The first was sort of a year of preparation. Okay, this is when he was in the wilderness. It was he he was in Judea. He was sort of operating behind the scenes. He was doing miracles, but he was reaching out, doing different things. But but his very vast public ministry where he um, experienced the most favor, the most acceptance by the people was this second year. That's what's being introduced here. The last year of Jesus's ministry was his year of opposition. This is where he is, he, as Luke says, he sets his face to go to Jerusalem because he knows he's going to be crucified there. But all this is important to understand because what Matthew is going to introduce us then to is this year of favor, this year of the kingdom of God is at hand. And there is a biblical reason that he relocates from Nazareth to Capernaum. Okay, This is in the territory of Zebulon and, and Naphtali. And this, of course, is referenced in Isaiah chapter 9. And this plays a, a, a really crucial part in understanding how what Jesus is doing in this region of Capernaum, which is, which is the traditional territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, how this is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy from what was going on hundreds, 600 years before this time, 
and how Jesus is a fulfillment of the prophecy now. You may say, well, what is that, Pastor Paul? Well, you're going to have to come back tomorrow and, and hear. But for now, I want you to just be familiar with where this falls in the three-year ministry scope of Jesus, how this is really beginning his second year, that this is the year of favor. This is the year where he is embarking on his public ministry in Galilee. And what you, I would encourage you to do between now and tomorrow, if you have the time, is to go read Isaiah 9, or you can even read Isaiah 7 through 9. Give yourself a, a, a greater runway here and try to understand, look at your commentary, look at a commentary, look online, look in your study Bible, what was happening in Isaiah 9? Um, what is Isaiah talking about? And why is that particularly relevant for where what Matthew is going to tell us here in Matthew 4? All right, so that's your lesson for today. Um, hope you have a great day. Happy Valentine's Day. Lord, bless Four Oaks Church as we go about your business today. Lord, it is um, a fundamental truth that we were once people who walked in darkness, but we have now seen a great light. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a